0: This episode is brought to you by Simple Mobile. Tired of being tied down with a wireless contract? Switch to Simple Mobile and stay connected on a powerful, nationwide 5G network. Unlimited talk, text, and data starts at $30 a month with no contracts, activation fees, or credit checks. Visit SimpleMobile.com today. Out with the old, in with the simple. Compatible 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. One month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at SimpleMobile.com. This episode is brought to you by the first ever Toyota Corolla Cross. Sometimes everything just clicks. Like when your favorite song comes on at just the right time. When there's two tickets left for the show. When everyone in the crew can agree on what album to listen to. When everything just feels right. That's the feeling of the first ever Toyota Corolla Cross. Available with all-wheel drive, Qi wireless charging, and advanced JBL sound system. It's everything you need. Nothing more. Nothing less. Learn more at Toyota.com.
1: The separate thing a shape <laughs> of dripping stalactite, cramping hands like whose I am, Uncle Hunto Guy. <laughs> ten- I know the closest. <laughs> <laughs> Menestiza linda, bird, <Earth>, sky <laughs> free, chicken fry, and sweet tea. Hola, <laughs> Antonio. I am the donkey lady. Maybe we've met before. Hold back and hear more than my cuento. Like, dish like, all
2: the cheese Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That was worth it, but oh. also, like, I feel like someone's going to call us now and say you're going to die in seven days. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh,
3: man. Oh, I'll, I'll cut that into the episode at some point. I think
2: we just start with that.
1: You I think we're rolling role. into the episode. We're rolling think, into the all episode. Right, hit the music. Hit no, the I don't music. even think we need
3: music. I yeah, think we, we just go need into that. The music. <laughs> People are gonna be like, when they turn on our podcast on, they're gonna be like, what <laughs> the heck is going
2: on? <laughs> what did I just start? Oh my gosh.
4: <laughs> Dude, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> 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 Well,
5: hello there, honey hole. So let me t- uh, yeah, I messed that all up. I had like an actual thing, like I've been thinking about like all day. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But that kind of all threw me off, especially with Ian saying, I have no idea what's going on.
2: Right? Yeah, that was great, though.
5: So all, Ian connected, and then
3: all I got to say was, hey, Ian, be quiet.
5: Yeah, so we actually just called the donkey lady, as we said we were going to do in an earlier episode and listen to the recording. Um, Sounds like a
2: bunch of gibberish and nonsense. I it's couldn't understand. Very
5: weird. Couldn't understand. There's like some stuff going
2: on in the background. All she said was like, "Hola, San Antonio." It's the donkey lady. She said something about sweet tea. She said something about chicken fried and chicken
5: sweet tea. And yeah. I, I was all on board. I was getting hungry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man, maybe that's the donkey lady. That she's but, just in delivery service. She's like,
5: maybe we've met before. Maybe we haven't. I was like, doubt it. But uh, but welcome to the Halloween special. Yeah, welcome to Honey Hole. Halloween. Hangout Halloween edition. We got some things going on. It's kind of been a little bit of a crazy start. We are starting a little bit later than we normally do. Uh, Zach didn't prepare for... I know, I'm just race, throwing him under but, some buses, but he had extremiating circumstances, so we're forgiving him.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah the one time. Yeah, we don't it's watch. us who's not prepared. Yeah. yeah,
3: we also have a guest we should probably introduce. It's normal crew. I'm getting, I'm getting to that, oh, Landon. Okay,
5: <laughs> but uh, we
1: also wow. started the
5: we also started the donkey lady call before. Uh, Ian called in, so we had to tell him to hush down, and he didn't know what was going on. We didn't know if we'd
3: get through. I just hit record as soon as it connected.
5: Yeah. Because it rang for a long time. Yeah, but today we have Zach, Landon, Ian, myself, and... Tyler. Tyler. I was going to let you say it. So, t- <laughs> Tyler's, <laughs> Tyler's learning how a
2: sausage gets made today. <laughs>
5: yeah, well, I get all the behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself.
6: Uh, so, I've known Landon since I was a junior in high school, and I used to go to the Orvis store all the time. In Austin. In Austin. Mm-hmm. And then I moved out to San Antonio for college, and I went into the store one day, and there he was again. And then I've just been keeping in touch with him ever since. Gotcha. So you didn't just show up and ask if you could be on a podcast? No, because I that was my impression. <laughs> no, <laughs> you just drove
5: Just shows yeah. up in my garage. No, he messaged me, go. and then we started chit chat, and then we're like, "Oh, let's get him on the podcast." No, I know, but just trying to make a little lightheartedness of it. But yeah, um, so we can kind of start rolling. Uh, Landon, you got anything for us?
3: Yeah, let's roll right into our whiskey review. Okay, let me oh, pull maybe. it. Up. I haven't poured our whiskey yet. Uh, Cliff can pour. Thanks, Cliff. And then let me tell you what we're drinking tonight. We are drinking.
2: Hey, Cliff, just give me a tiny bit.
3: A Maker's Mark Wood Finishing Series 2020 Limited Release. It is 110 proof. 110 years old? No, 110 (laughs) proof. It's 94 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Barrel finish for amplified notes of vanilla. Baking spices and creamy caramel. This
2: smells great. It does smell good. <laughs> Whoa. Cliff started pouring, and nothing came out. It had like a little gasket thing in it. Yeah, this smells awesome though.
3: That's child proof. You need some help? No problem. <laughs> <laughs> smells good. Right? Do you know our uh, whiskey rating system?
5: No, I don't. Okay. Went through five honey pots. Honey one, pots. Went uh, through five honey pots. Okay. It's very vanilla, yes, smell fluorescent, right? Like a good ammonia that you clean your. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm teasing. Wow, Cliff. Wow. <laughs> this was another
3: donation from Gabe. Thank you, Gabe. He's good at finding hard to find whiskey.
5: Doing this with a fat lip of Copenhagen, in. <laughs>
2: Drink it out. Whoa, that's smooth. That's very smooth. The
4: Copenhagen? I or definitely the... <laughs> like this one more than last week. Yeah.
2: That whiskey yeah. has almost no, like, bite or...
5: Mm-mm. No, it comes in on the back end right about your sternum areas where I fill it in my esophagus. That is yeah. really
2: good. Yeah. Man.
3: We're going to have to finish this one off tonight. Is there any left? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a whole bottle. Okay, whole good. bottle. Good. So, Tyler, putting you on the spot. All right. Out of five honey pots. Okay, so a five is you would keep it stocked on your shelf at home. No matter the cost. No matter the cost. Four is you're going to buy it occasionally. Like, oh, I like that whiskey. I'm going to put it on my shelf. Three is you bought it once. You liked it. You know, you drink it again, but you're not going to always have it around. A two is um, I'll drink it if my friends are offering. Mm -hmm. And a one is I only donate to my friends because I don't want to drink it. There you go. Well, and you can do it. half points. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
6: Well, I have two deciding factors. Uh, my first is that I just turned twenty one two months ago. Oh so I don't have that much stuff to compare it to. Hey, you don't need to compare hey, it. And
1: that then why is to Texas State? <laughs> wow, okay. Disclaimer <laughs> on this. It's
2: only, <laughs> only the sixth time alcohol these <laughs> sweet lips. <laughs> and then
6: second, a broke college student. So i have to give it three right. and a half. Three a and a half. And and half. Okay. You, okay. Like you
5: fly fish and you want to get into hunting, you're going to be broke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I'm going three, nine, five. I really like this one.
2: 395. That uh, That is not going to make the math easy later. <laughs> no,
3: but I'm writing it down. <laughs> so I can do the math later. <laughs> All right, Land. All right. I'm going to give it a four and a half.
2: Really? I really like you're it. You're almost like it. Like, you're going to go buy this bottle right now. I would now.
3: buy it if it wasn't hard to find. Because Gabe told me, he'd be like, "You'll." the last one we tried last week, he like, you won't be able to find it. This one, he said, you'll be able to find it if you try really hard. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to try really hard, but if I saw this at the store... I'd buy it. I would too. Yeah, I'd, do I'd it buy it again this. and again. Yeah.
2: I wouldn't buy it every time, but if I saw this at the store and it's like, say, I don't know, I don't know, I have no clue how much this costs, mm-hmm. but well, I mean, it's a
5: maker's, which is normally <laughs> that's like why. my go-to anyway. It's yeah. just a specialty. That's why I gave it a four and a half because
3: it's like in between that. I'm gonna keep it stocked all the time because I don't know the price, and right. like I'm gonna buy it pretty occasionally. You
2: yeah, know. give me a four. A four. Yeah. Okay. I'm not quite as, like, every single time I'd see it, I'd buy it, but pretty much. It's pr- Actually, you know what? If it's pretty hard to find, I might buy it every time I see it. Ian, what do you give
1: it?
4: Dude, I'm drinking an uh, off-brand LaCroix. Uh, Kirk- <laughs> it's a Kirkland Signature sparkling water. Kirkland Signature? Vodka. Oh, dude. So, what
5: Costco, do you, so um, how many honey pots do you it, give it?
4: It's pretty aromatic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm taking a sniff here. Hold on. I'm letting it breathe. Um, yeah, like, you know, on the first taste, <laughs> uh uh you're you're just getting some notes of like lemon and uh frugalness um, <laughs> and uh just good deals. Um, you can also smell that it comes in a thirty six pack.
1: Uh, oh, it's <laughs> two cents, dang!
4: And you can also finally you're getting notes of uh, recyclable aluminum. Mm, <laughs> great, I love that. What's my drink So, so where, how many honey
5: pots would you give it, Ian?
4: Oh, three hands down, three, three to four. Yeah. four. Oh, three We we'll should one put one. that
5: in with it as well. We we should do a uh,
4: Ian's Lacroix. A spark, yeah. Spark,
5: yeah, Ian's Lacroix.
3: Ian.
4: Off, off-brand Lacroix. Curtly sips <laughs> 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 sparkling water. <laughs>
3: Would you give would you give it again a four and a half? Three. Yeah. Oh no, a four. A four? Will you send me a picture of it? Of course. Okay. Now I'll put it on Insta. But yeah, we get any uh Well, we got another let's let's do the wood tip email first. We got another wood tip email. Alright, you want to read it or do you want me <laughs> to read it? We got another
4: wood tip. what Would you mail? say yeah. Do you
3: want to read it or do you want me to? Well, you can read it if you can Manage the court. No, I, I can unplug it. Just don't drop my new phone, please. Oh,
2: would you get twelve? Oh, sh- eleven. Oh, I'd be eleven. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> there
1: you go. Make sure everything's appropriate. The ocelot has oddly cheap feet.
2: The ocelot has
5: oddly cheap feet. Me me, mommy moo. Okay. Howdy, South from South Texas. It's been a rough. It's been rough at the ranch. I had to run to town and buy some more cigars. This Yankee fellow brought me some some fruity plastic chip cigars, but that kind of deal ain't going to fly down here. Or that ain't, that ain't going to get it done. It's bad when you run out of cigars. You know what I'm saying? I know what he's saying. <laughs> Thank God the oil is still pumping, and pump jacks sure are pretty. <laughs> Boys, I mean... I'm still laughing at that Georgia fella with his whole booty hole story. I guess that's when I was talking about the, the glove and the the butt to keep all the dookie inside oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: He's factuated with it. That's not a bad little system there. I do have a concern with the practice though. When you get when you throw all the guts out. Do you put the uh, glove in the trash or do you just litter and let the birds find it? <laughs> it's, it's a very valid point. Um, sounds like you ought to be responsible and skip the glove altogether. Ain't nothing wrong. Ain't nothing wrong. Okay, with a little blood and doo doo on your hands. Make sure you're eating some P and P loaf sandwich while you're cut cleaning that critter. Helps if you got a little whiskey drink. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> podcast seems to get get goodier goodier. Goodier. <laughs>
3: goodier does that what he said man
5: goodier keep it up boys Woodtip. tip there's a there's a quote down at the bottom but it gets I saw that quote. we it, can't read it yeah y- y'all the table read it. can read it but yeah. <laughs> I'll pass the phone around so y'all can read the we'll do it after but yeah thank you Woodtip. thanks Woodtip. Uh, keep the emails going I would like to you seem like a character of some sort. Well, what's funny is whoever this is made a
3: whole email, like a new Gmail account. Nice. That is woodtippicklechip
2: at gmail.com. So it's like brand new.
5: Yeah, well, like m- maybe. I mean, if it's like a family name, like a family nickname or something, we don't know yet. No, nah, I think it's someone sure. trolling us,
2: or is it just Cliff messing with us? It might be Cliff
5: messing <laughs> with us. It's definitely not me. I got too much to do as it is. <laughs> I got time. <laughs>
3: Cliff doesn't even have an article
2: usually,
4: and I'm, I'm, much less. I've only, right, I've only missed <laughs> one article. Oh. Are we doing articles today? Yeah. Yeah. That's, this Halloween, or okay, I mean, unless cool.
2: Ian, you want to just tell us a, a spooky story? Yeah, you can tell us a spooky story when it comes to
5: man.
4: Now I'm on the spot. Neat, um, no,
2: no. When it comes to neat things in nature.
4: You
5: also got to be thinking of your closing words of wisdom. Yeah,
2: Ian's words of wisdom. That's
5: right. So maybe it's a spooky Ian's words of wisdom. Yeah, spooky Ian's words of
3: wisdom.
2: Halloween words of wisdom. Yeah, like don't blow out your jack-o'-lantern before November 1st. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) We're going to get you. That thing. Yeah, it's a thing. That's know. why you even like jack-o'-lanterns, is to keep the demons away. I thought it would make them look prettier. No, it's to keep the demons away. I didn't know that. Yeah. Neither did I. But I got a lot of flack from oh, not knowing know.
3: who the Mothman was either. You, you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guess how much flack you're going to get from the jack-o'-lantern
5: thing. <laughs> We're going to get hundreds of emails. you <laughs> like, you didn't know. Jack-o'-lanterns keep the ghosts maybe, away. Maybe mm-hmm. Woodtip's heard of it. Woodtip, have you ever heard if a uh, jack-o'-lantern can't be blown out
2: before November 1st? Yeah, it's a whole thing. that's why you carve spooky faces in it, to scare away the demons. Wait, what are you going to scare,
5: gonna scare I know, I'm, with Clip I'm not on this a demon. One.
2: I don't know. I just know what people say. Have you ever seen all right, a demon? On.
5: People say We're a lot on. of stuff, and it don't make no dang sense. <laughs> I've so. never
2: seen one, but I have jack lanterns all over the place. So maybe it's working.
3: Mm,
5: well, I'm going to move on to our questions. <laughs> Joel
3: <laughs> Joel sent us some messages because he had some questions. Um, also, Joel has an awesome mustache. And some people call him stash. If you guys see a guy on the river with, like, long, young guy, long, like, handlebar mustache, that's Joel. You should say hi. He recommended that we should start a fly fishing tournament. Okay, I like that. I like the idea. (laughs) Practically,
5: maybe next year. That's all I need to come last in my own
4: dang tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine the honey hole angling fly fishing? (laughs) What was that? We gotta make it a charity too. Like we gotta raise money for something. Yeah, for sure.
3: I was actually thinking about this. We shouldn't do it like biggest fish or most fish. We should do like a most unique fish. No, the the, the most unique (laughs) fish caught. It doesn't matter the species, but Honey Hole Angling Crew votes on it. Right. So it's not about numbers or about size. It's about getting the like the thing. weirdest or most different or coolest
5: right. looking fish. Like if you catch a fish with like no eyes, you get more points mm-hmm. if you bring me cats. What? What the way I can fry them? Catfish? Yeah. Oh,
2: that dude, that. <laughs>
5: I had no clue I was like why does
1: Live Cliff one want cats You're allergic man <laughs> Yo,
2: Man, the Cat two whisk Almost killed you You doing alright You need to talk after this Oh god It's going down a dark path okay. he wants
3: cats? So Joel asks uh, With trout season coming up And he got a boat uh, What do you do way if someone's standing in. in the middle of a run and there's no way around them and have you ever hit anyone with your boat? Do
2: you guys remember that song <laughs> from, like, like fifth grade? It's like, you can't go over it. Can't yeah, we were around. singing That's it. That's right. uh, yeah. Yes, he get Going on a bear. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got to go through it. You know? Yeah.
6: All right, I think it's sort of the same thing when you see a deer on the road. You're not supposed to swerve your car around it. You, no, go more, you go yeah, faster. Yeah. Yeah, you go faster. You accelerate. accelerate.
3: No, no, you need to hit it. Yeah, yeah. you accelerate. Yeah. It. Yeah. Trust accelerate. me, I learned I about it. this today. You absolutely hit it. Did you hit a deer? No. Almost no. we just with my job. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm working on something related,
5: relating to that. Definitely hit it.
1: Oh, I want to. <laughs> I want to
5: talk, <laughs> talk about something while we're on that. Uh, I believe in one of the earlier podcasts, and I know I've given you flag for it in the past about uh, collecting salvage tags. Mm-hmm. The state of Texas does not write salvage tags, so you can't do it. So you can't, you can't do it no matter what. Right. You, you have to let it die. Pretty much. Well. Well, it's already dead, but you right. can't collect roadkill in the state of Texas. Okay. Well that's good. No, and you can't give me flak for it anymore,
3: so no, I did the right thing. You did. Okay. My well, that's bad. all I wanted to hear. Cliff tell me I'm right. Made You're my day. Right <laughs> <as well. laughs> okay. So drift boat, someone's staying in the quad. The flows are really low and there's nowhere to go. Wait,
5: homeboy got a drift boat for the quad?
3: No, he says drift boat, but he got a raft. Okay. He got a raft. Big difference. Yeah. He says drift boat in here, but okay. He got a raft. And he's going down the quad. The flows are really low. There's one path down
2: the river. What do you do? Uh, Can you stop and ask the gentleman to move or gentle lady? Yeah, I would say
3: number one. Okay, there's two ways I would do this. The first way, and I've done this before, because you are going to run into this if you have a boat on the quad and the flows are low. There is going to be one one route down the river and there's going to be someone fishing. Most polite thing to do, Number one, maybe you can't row around them, but you can drag the boat around them. So you can get out and you can drag around. It might be really shallow, but if you can drag your boat around one side or the other, number one. Mm -hmm. If you can't even do that, then you (coughs) hit (laughs) them. At that point, you've done everything you can. Definitely not. Then you just politely ask, hey, can I I come through? Ideally, that person is not going to be standing in the path that they're going to be fishing the run that your boat needs to go through. Um, I can't think of anyone where I've ever, like, had to, like, as someone's actually had to move out of the way, but they're fishing the run that my boat needs to go over. And you just say, hey, I'm sorry, i got to get through. Usually they're fine with it. If you say something, I wouldn't just barrel through. I'd do the polite thing. Hey, can I run my boat through here real quick? And they'll usually kind of pull their rod up so they don't get caught on it. Um, But if someone is standing in the run, you know, ask them to move. Or What would you
2: do?
6: Uh, probably just ask them to move. I think most people would move out of the way just yeah. seeing the raft coming
2: down. Yeah. That's what I would do. You just count down. You get, like, all those extra casts yeah, in. And you're many like,
1: many okay, good. Okay, no okay, no you you gonna go. Go. Now, go.
3: as, as far as having a boat, the, the wrong thing you do is if you're asking someone to move or they're picking up their rod for you to go through, they don't come through their run and then, like, post up, like, 10 feet below them and start fishing. Yeah. They were fishing that run. This is, like, this is part of the reason the Guadalupe gets called the Drama Lupe because... <laughs> because like, and it goes both ways. Like a lot of anglers don't have respect for their fellow angler and it's very crowded. And so, uh, just, just be respectful, talk to people. Um, just talk to people, be nice. And usually like anybody that talks to me, I'm cool with If you just come up and post up and do whatever, and you don't even say hi or what's up or what's fishing or how you doing, then, you know, it's really frustrating.
5: Yeah. I like it. So That's I said real faster.
3: Um, He also asked, what, in your opinion, is the best rod brand warranty? I'm going to say TFO has the best rod brand warranty. Yeah, for sure. It's $25. It's...
2: No questions asked. No
3: questions asked. They get it to you pretty quick. It's for the lifetime, too. There's not an end cap. I think it's... There's a year cap. Is there a year cap now? But I will also say, and this is my opinion... TFO rods break more than other rods.
2: So So it's kind of like the Tommy boy situation. Yes. You need a warranty for a reason. Yes. Now fly
3: rods in general break. So there's an old saying I like, it's not if you break a rod, it's when you break a rod. And it doesn't matter the brand. Something horrible is going to happen. You're going to shut it in a car door, stick it in a ceiling fan. But I think uh, TFO has the best rod warranty. I think in second place, I think Orvis has the best, second best rod warranty. Orvis's tend to take a little longer, and they are more expensive to get sent off. Um, but I've had disappointing, you know, I'm not even going to say who, what rod brands I've been disappointed in. I'm just going to leave it with nah, that. No, let's call them out. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to call them let's out. make some enemies.
6: Have you ever broken multiple rods? Yes. I've <laughs> shut three yeah. rods
3: in a tailgate mm-hmm. once. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Also broke two rods on one guided Oop. fishing trip, and that was both rods in the boat. Yeah. So I didn't break them. My client broke them, but. They had a Frankenstein together. Right. Yeah. It took some <laughs> some magic <laughs> to get that going again. But, um, yeah, that's what I would say. I would say number one is TFO, and number two is Orvis. Um. Let me get back. Okay. Let me come back over here to the questions. Okay. Corey asked, Corey uh, is a good friend. He used to, uh, we used to guide Whitewater together in Colorado. So shout out to him. Um, why would or wouldn't I ever buy a glass or bamboo fly, fly rod?
5: No, no. Why wouldn't you? Why would? So or, he's saying would or would Or wouldn't. wouldn't.
2: Would, yeah why would or wouldn't glass rods are so much fun man
5: yeah yeah like i don't have a problem with
2: they're slower but, but that's what makes them fun yeah like, you can feel so much on a glass rod. yeah like for panfish or trout like if i'm fishing small streams like i was in the smokies this summer mm-hmm. and like i had my five weight glass and like even small trout are G- fun on that. area uh, Gatlinburg. I hear there's a YouTube video that's exploded. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> you guys go see the Urban Fish and Get Downtown Gatlinburg video on YouTube. It's I still don't understand it. Oh, man. Anyway. No, but then, like, in the actual Smokies, um, like, the small creeks that run through the, the mountains, uh, I have my glass rod, and it is just, like, it's so much fun. Um, even with the five-weight glass, every fish is fun on it, but you can also chunk... Like uh, a dropper rig or you can chunk Mm -hmm. uh, like a nymph rig on it with um, an indicator.
3: I would say definitely if you're looking at like getting a lower weight rod, like a two weight, three weight, four weight, consider a glass rod for for sure. sure. I wouldn't recommend them for like eight weights because they get real heavy. And they also get the rods get shorter, which provides a whole different set of advantages and disadvantages. But because they're so heavy, they're not made as long. Um, to cut back on the weight even though they're shorter they're still significantly heavier than graphite yeah the theory behind like glass and bamboo is that the rods are slower so your line doesn't move as fast so your line lands softer in the water so if you can think about situations where that would be an advantage to you, maybe fishing dry flies. That's where people traditionally think about using
2: oh, yeah.
3: bamboo uh, bamboo and fiberglass rods. Yeah, like if you're like dry fly fishing for trout and you just want the softest dry fly presentation, yeah, then definitely look at those. Bamboo is going to be significantly more expensive, but they take about a hundred hours of labor to make a bamboo rod. So you're really buying a piece of, like, craftsmanship more than anything. Bamboo is also very strong, much. And also glass is stronger than graphite, so you're less likely to break break a fiberglass rod, and bamboo is stronger than glass. Is it really? Yes. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, bamboo is very strong. And so you're getting, you know, stronger rods. Now, not to say they can't break, but less likely to break.
2: Um, You also got, you have really good tippet protection as well. Correct. Um, You know, when we were, when we were on with the San Juan, those huge fish, they're eating the tiniest fly. You can imagine tiniest midge, Um, you know, like if you were to use a glass rod there, you'd probably lose a lot less fish because the first thing you need to do is Mm -hmm. just get it on the reel. That way you have that extra protection. Yeah. That's a good point too. They do have more tippet protection.
3: Uh, bamboo rods will t- typically come with two tips because you can't just repair a bamboo rod like you can. You have to think about the whole amount of labor that's going to go into it. So, you know, uh, bamboo manufacturers don't really offer warranties. You can send your rod in and they will build you out a new tip section, but you're going to be paying a significant price for it. So
2: so when they build them, they just
3: build two tips. They just build two tips. Makes sense. Yeah. So you get two opportunities to
5: screw it up.
2: To screw it up. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I forget who is, but he's one of the guys. He's a doctor for the local Real Recovery. Oh, uh, yes. He made – He built his own bamboo rod. Yeah. I got to cast it last uh, last retreat. Oh, man. I think it's beautiful. Yeah,
3: and he kind of overcooked. Like, you put the bamboo over fire, and it darkens it. He kind of overcooked his. It looks great, though. But it looks awesome. It's yeah. super dark. It's got some, like – it. It doesn't function any less. It's just not the traditional look of bamboo, Yeah, but it's really cool. And I you think guys, it looks great. There's though. companies that like uh, bamboo rod manufacturers that um, they do like classes where you can go up there for like a week and they'll take you through the whole process of making a bamboo rod. So you stay there, like you run a hotel and you can go work on your rod for a week. It's kind of expensive to do. It's about $3,000 for the week, Dang. But, did it twice.
5: But, <laughs> but it's you kind went of a pretty really cool experience said, I'm going to do it twice.
4: Like two rods at the same time or two weeks in a row?
2: Two weeks in a row.
5: No, get just
4: it. one Steve? 18-foot rod.
2: No, Cliff's, Cliff just needs two
4: weeks. That's <laughs> just
2: need two dude, weeks. Dude, he needs two I'm weeks. i a <laughs>
4: Cliff, That's like,
2: he's paying twice to get one <laughs> rod. <ride. laughs>
4: <laughs> well, it's like, I'll just hang around for another week. i got nowhere else to be. And then they're like,
1: okay. <laughs>
3: All right. Next question. Uh, Corey asked another question. What's the perfect deer rifle? There's no such thing. It's the one you can shoot. Yeah, yeah. that's that's hard. <clears throat> there's, I don't think there's a
5: perfect.
2: No,
3: it's not a thirty thirty though.
5: <laughs> I mean, no, the thirty thirty killed deer for it years. does. They actually
2: say the thirty thirty probably kills more deer than any other rifle.
5: Yeah, in I America. Mean, there's the perfect deer rifle is the one that you
2: can shoot. The one mm-hmm. you have. And the one you.
5: But have.
3: let's say someone doesn't own a deer rifle
5: mm-hmm.
4: and they're
2: thinking
5: about purchasing one. I can give them my suggestions.
2: Okay, Cliff, would what
4: your, your suggestion suggestion? Be? Well, a there's the bear fifty, a 50 cow,
5: <laughs> desert <laughs> eagle. There, there's a couple <laughs> like there's a couple things you have to like think about in it. Like, a where are you hunting? Are you hunting in Colorado slash Montana? Are you hunting in Georgia or Texas? Blind hunting from Texas. He lives in Texas, so I'm assume Texas. I would say I would probably go a 308 yeah. and something. Um, a 243 wouldn't be bad, but mm-hmm. I would probably err more on the 308 side. Um, I would go something. And this is all my opinion. So whoever wants to argue with me on it, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> Someone's going to argue.
3: Uh, Please don't argue with us on this.
5: I would this do, is our opinion. So what I would do if I was go, if I was in the market and I didn't have a, a a rifle and I wanted something for Texas deer, I would do three hundred eight. Probably. Lean towards the Mossberg, Patriot, or Ruger American. Uh,
2: that's the one you were telling me about. Do you uh, think that they make a pretty good 6.5 Creedmoor?
5: Yeah, I have the 6.5 Creedmoor in a uh, in the Mossberg.
2: And they're not super expensive. Mm-hmm. No,
5: it's a reasonable price. Yeah. Uh, it, it at least gets your foot in the door. A lot of the times they come with a package deal so you can get a scope, scope yeah. already put onto it. You think they shoot pretty straight? I've not had an issue with mine yeah. thus far. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a good deer rifle. I mean, Savage makes a, a good one if you want to go that route. I'm not a huge fan of them. I wouldn't even necessarily deer. brands more caliber because a lot of them are going to be. So I would I would go three if you want my opinion for a Texas like first person rifle. I would probably go 308 because that's going to cover you on a lot of different things from hogs to deer to. Probably the mules out in West Texas Definitely area. Um, I would go 308.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: I I shoot a 270 for deer. I think 270 would be um, good. I'm, I've
3: got a lot of deer. with it. I would say, more importantly, and this is, goes back to the bow conversations we've had over the past couple weeks, is... More importantly, than the caliber in the rifle, is going out and shooting it and getting comfortable shooting it, tightening your group up, 100%. becoming a better shot. Um, my next rifle is going to be a 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, yeah, me too. And that's going to be tailored more towards long distance shooting, but the property that I hunt tends to have longer distance shots. Yeah. So that is going to be more abnormal than
2: what most Texas hunters are going to see. I, I concur. Yeah. I was like being a true millennial and say, I'm getting a six, five Creedmoor. more. Make all those old guys be like, what are you talking about? Six, five it Creed? is a yeah. very
5: hipster round right now. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like very popular just amongst like newbie hunters and stuff, which I, 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 I still put round. myself in that class Yeah, for sure. But, uh, I've not had any issues with it. It's a fun round to shoot. It's fairly cheap for what it is. Yeah. You can find ammo, and <clears throat> yeah,
3: so only it's accurate at distance. It. It's a- accurate at long distance. I mean, it's just, and it, I looked it up. Six uh, five Creedmoor ends up being about a two sixty four, as far as, com- compared to like a two seventy or like a three oh to like get you bullet size comparison. So, so A little bit smaller. The only thing uh, I'll, I'll say
2: is I shoot a thirty thirty. That's my main gun. Like it's so a, I use a 30 30 in Georgia. Yeah, like I can have a little reaction. For Texas, though, it works at most places. But, like, when we went a couple weeks ago. I would definitely feel, like, on the very, like, pretty much past 100 yards, the grouping on that thing, because of that stub nose bullet, like, that snub nose. It just, like, I don't know. It could be the gun. It could be the gun. But I've never had a rifle with the grouping that is that kind of all over the place it could be me Uh, i'm not saying but i'm saying i've shot other rifles and my grouping has never been that off
5: i know i know i've downed yotes at like 150 with a 30 30
2: oh yeah no it's definitely possible but i like i feel my range definitely being like extended like that's like the far end of it you know it's like 100 to 150 yards
5: uh for sure Mm -hmm. um but, yeah, I'd say to answer the question in a very point-blank, like, candid way, honestly, the best deer rifle is going to be the one that you can shoot and the one that you're comfortable with. Yeah, and if you don't have one, then you can pick which one of us you like better and pick the
3: caliber yeah. that they hunt. All right, next question is um,
5: recommended binos for Texas deer. Honestly, like, they're fun to have. For, like, it, sitting on top of a ridge, like, the the ridges at your place landon Mm -hmm. binos would be great do i think you really need a spotting scope not really but there were some areas that i do know like a spotting scope would have just been cool fun fun. but not required needed no um South Texas? Did he say South Texas, or did he say just Texas? He, said Texas. he just said Texas. I, I I don't even think we need
3: to go into it that much because we have a lot of questions. I got like uh, got a new pair of binos recently,
5: and they're uh, ten by forty twos. Yeah. So here's here's the thing with binos in Texas and hunting, they're fun to have. Needed? No.
2: If See, that, I, if, I disagree though. I do think you need them. Now, I don't think you need an expensive pair because even if you are at um, even if you're in a blind feeding, like uh, shooting at a feeder, right? What a lot of people in Texas do say you're on that property and the guy says you can shoot a doe, but you cannot shoot a buck, right? I want to make sure I'm not shooting a button mm. buck and I cannot see those buttons from 75 yards away.
5: I get that. And I do think there are all one off instances, but I think if. Binos are what's keeping you from hunting in Texas. That should not be mm. the, right. the case.
2: It's, it definitely should be one of the last, last things you buy. I definitely think that almost everybody needs a set in their bag. Like I said, I don't think you need very expensive ones in mm. Texas at all. And
3: binos are just fun. Yeah. And I, if you are in a situation where you're watching animals that you're probably not going to shoot, binos are more fun as well. Definitely. Yeah. I do
5: like having them. It is a tool that I take out like almost every single time. Right. And I do utilize them, but it's not going to if I forget my binos in the truck or if I forget my binos here, it's not gonna keep me from hunting. You could
2: still use a scope to kinda of, to Correct. see what you're seeing. You definitely could. But I don't know. I like how there the binos. is that thought process or school of
5: thought of you shouldn't even raise your rifle to something unless you're prepared to shoot it. That's which kind means, of mine. which means don't look through the scope to like verify. Right. But let's be honest, as long as your fingers outside the housing, yeah. we're all like guilty of doing mm-hmm. it I also just I like
2: personally out. though it also lets me like because the, the second you see an animal that you're like oh my gosh I'm going to be able like this is what I'm, what I'm looking for looking through the binos for a few seconds kind of helps me like gather myself if that makes sense right like mm-hmm. I, the second I pull up that gun it becomes real but if I look through binos I can kind of like think what I'm going to do what I'm going to wait for it helps me make a better shot a more ethical shot I th- th- for me now this is totally like my opinion on that. Right. Like it's not, I don't recommend everybody do it. It's just like, for me, it helps me mm-hmm. to be able to look through that. That's a good point before I do anything.
1: Yeah. Cool.
2: So, okay.
3: Next question. And I not, okay. This one's for you, Cliff hot take, hot take. And I'm excited to see what you say. Hot take <laughs> Duck calls are worthless for central Texas ducks, except whistles.
2: Oh, because of the, um, what's call it, the divers?
5: No, I think that duck calls are a useful tool. You had to think about that one. I thought you'd be fired up. I'm like, he- heck, no! No, I got <laughs> I kind of got a pee. <laughs> um, no, I think I think duck calls are useful. Uh, it depends on what you're going after. I mean, if you're going after till, I don't think that. I know people who hunt till without any sort of call whatsoever. Do you think the duck calls fall a underneath whistle. the one percent rule? 110%. Yeah. I'd Yeah, I'd say it gives you more than 1% okay. of an yeah. advantage. So then it's be like, worth doing. It's worth doing. That, that was like our second episode, Plus, I think. Let's be honest. Blowing a frigging duck call <laughs> is fun.
1: <laughs> like, if, if you can do it,
5: I'm trying to like learn. I'm not saying that I'm a good caller of ducks at all. I sound like I'm blowing a freaking kazoo at a <laughs> three-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> but, uh... It's fun to tinker with, and like every so often, like I can get a good quack in on it, and that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Like once it like goes through, and you hear that sound, it, it gets you fired up a little bit. But am I going to be the one in a group of people blowing a duck call trying to get them in? Hell no, or heck no. Sorry, that's okay. Um, uh,
3: you're excused to use the restroom now. Okay, A-G double hockey stick. <laughs> All right, uh, this one. It's for Tyler and Ian. Hammock, tent, or tent cot? Uh,
1: Tyler,
6: go for yeah, it, bud. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go tent. Well, it depends on the situation. If it's like during the summer, pick one. Probably, pick one. Uh, I'll go hammock. Hammock.
3: Oh, okay. I don't like the hammock. Ian, what do you think?
6: I'm going to go tent.
2: Tent. You're saying tent?
3: No, I was just repeating what Ian said. <laughs> mm. Um... I've done the tent and the hammock. Spent a lot of time in a tent. Probably the most universal option, in my opinion. Like, if you were going to pick one, oh, yeah. probably go with a tent, in my opinion. I've done the hammock thing. I've backpacked with hammocks. Not fun. I don't sleep well. And on cold nights, you get much colder because you have wind going underneath your body. Yeah, Even with a pad, even wrapped even up. Even with a pad. Yeah. Even with a pad. You're going to be much colder. Um, and then, like... Also, like, you're sleeping kind of at an arch. As straight as you think you can get your hammock, it's going to sag. And so, like, I would prefer if I'm, like, hiking 8, 10 miles a day on a backpacking trip to, like, sleep flat. I think hammock although when you find a tent
2: place it's never really flat. Right. (laughs) I think just hammock camping is fun though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, unless you're doing like a big trip. But like I've you know, I've camped in a hammock a few times and it's just like there's something about it. Mm -hmm. It's kinda nice being able to look especially if you find like a good tree. You can look up, see the stars the whole night. I'll
3: never do it again.
2: Really? I'll never You're I'll never. <laughs> I'll
3: never camp in a hammock
4: again. Dang. Zach was like telling all the good points <laughs> of it. <his laughs> no. Never like, okay. no. <laughs>
3: I, I know a lot of people that like tent cots, and I like that idea because they're easy, quick.
2: The boom. tent cots are the cots that have the tent built on top Correct. of it, right? See, yeah. I'd go like a bivy sack
5: over a tent cot, but that's me.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't camp by myself that often that a, a um, tent cot would be cool. Uh, Tyler, you want to defend your position?
6: Oh yeah. So, well, I was thinking more like Central Texas. It never gets that cold at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't like. That's true. You don't really need a tent. Oh, hammocks no. are just. Well, easy. Let me ask
5: you this, off that, based off that premise. Would you camp out in a hammock tonight? Oh
6: yeah. no. Well, you got to know your time. I would. like I would say special use hammock, but most of the time tent. But on good occasions, you can use a hammock. <laughs> like if it's perfect, perfect weather perfect scenario of hammock i think okay. it
5: also depends on where you're going because a lot of places here like cliff you always say it depends it depends it
1: depends <laughs> it, does, it depends it
3: depends no it, he
5: didn't
2: say
3: either you're going to sleep say, the
2: rest of your nights in a hammock or you're not he sleeping didn't at all. say
3: hammock tent or tent cot what's the best for each situation he said hammock tent or tent cot no explanation what's your answer
5: all <laughs> <laughs> no it honestly depends because I have been, I just want to hear one answer yeah I have been places one where word. you can't hang up a hammock okay there's no trees around so then your answer is 10 I'd say tent probably has more opportunities to camp outside.
1: Right. Okay.
2: Cliff's his tent.
3: All right. It took a long while to get there, but you got there. <laughs> we got there, there eventually. you <laughs> 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 oh. oh.
2: uh, We have more questions? Uh,
3: um, yeah, last one. Favorite way to eat venison? He said and or recipes. Oh, and or venison recipes. Ooh. Mine? I'm going to go first. Yeah, go first. I love spaghetti. Venison spaghetti. Really? Yes.
2: I don't feel me like, and McKenna eat it all the time. It's good. Don't get me wrong. Anything with venison is better than, I think it's better than beef. But
5: I legitimately hate spaghetti.
2: Yes, yeah. Spaghetti would not be my go-to venison meal no. at all. No, it's
5: me I and feel McKenna <laughs> <laughs> chow on spaghetti. I legit hate spaghetti. And the only reason I can think of why, because it does. it's not that it necessarily tastes bad. But I'm never the one to say I'm in the mood
2: for spaghetti.
1: Okay.
5: Uh, I grew up eating it all the time, so like spaghetti is just like I'm burnt out. It's not special for you. Mm-mm. Okay. So what's
2: your favorite venison meal?
5: Honestly, I'm I'm going to sound maybe a little cliche or whatever on it, but last time I was down at the ranch with Evan, he actually cooked up some venison heart. Okay. And by God, that was the best thing I had ever eaten. And how did he prepare it? Just grilled like a steak. And it was Did he cut it up? Phenomenal. Smaller pieces or he just like? I mean, it was kind of like cut up like, and looked a little bit like steaks. And you just kind of cut around. Did he season much. it? Yeah, and I don't know how we did it, but it was good, great. It had just the right right amount of like chew to like tenderness, and everything. Great flavor. Oh God, that it was good. It was good. And since then, I got to say that's probably my
2: favorite. Yeah. Uh, I make this really good thing. Uh, it's stuffed acorn. So I'm going to be the pretentious one. So it's uh, <laughs> stuffed acorn squash. Oh, man. It's so good. It has like uh, like Tex-Mex flavors with like rice, black beans, uh, ground venison. This sounds like
3: a YouTube video
2: It's so freaking recipe. good, man. We it's, should do a YouTube video on it. It's definitely the best. Ta- like Don't get me wrong. I love just like regular like, like venison, venison steak, venison. Yeah. venison loin, venison, like any part of the ham. I, medium rare with some, you know, potatoes and asparagus is like our go-to nine times out of ten with, with venison. Let, let's be honest. It depends. It on just, the <laughs> <cut>. <laughs> it just, so, most cuts, I eat venison, medium rare. It doesn't matter where I would it comes agree. from. I would, like, like, venison is really good just on the grill or, right. you know, the in only the thing, skillet. people burn and overcook their venison beyond belief 100 especially in texas eat that guy medium rare you want to see the pink in
5: the middle i would say well if you're going with a ground i like I like then, a well even, but ground, even then, medium like, medium well honestly cook it about 10 degrees less than you would beef normally
2: yeah it is great like i take my venison off at 125 to 130 every single time and it is great
5: mm. um
3: I was gonna say one of the recipe, but it, ground. I, I like tacos. Oh, I like doing tacos, venison chili, venison chili this is
5: another high one for me. Venison chili. I love cornbread like, with cornbread. Like, you like the standard ones, like that's what like everyone <laughs> makes. I don't, ca- good I don't care.
1: You know, I I don't care. Like dove
2: poppers, you know they're good for a reason.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I, not.
2: I, I'm not faulting you for
3: it. I really don't care. <laughs> I I I just like traditional stuff. I don't. I I I like eating the things that I like to eat, and so I don't really venture out that much like try. if i go try. if i find a restaurant i like in a meal that they make there i will get it every time i go that's i'm a, not yeah. the guy that's going to be like oh i want to try this if
2: we get a deer this year i'll, I'll make you guys some of that acorn squash because yes it is i will try it yeah i'll so try good. anything
5: um you should try and make tacos with some of your grind oh
2: yeah it's good okay. we've done pulled venison tacos a couple times and those are good you can dry out the meat really easily but mm-hmm. as long as you make like a good sauce to go on it it's bomb okay but what about like a pot roast venison? I, that's the only thing I struggle with. It just tastes so dry
5: no, I did every one la- single time. I, I did think, one last year, it turned out well. I think pot roast is just one of those things like it they're very easy to like get away from you and they dry out. Like even if you're doing like a beef, beef pot roast. Maybe it, that's I don't think that I don't think that that's a, a crux on like venison. venison, yeah. I think that's or even necessarily you, I just think it's it's getting away from you. I yeah. did a pot roast last year. I just had the thermometer in it. It was constantly
3: checking on it.
5: Because roast is all about time. What did you pull it out at?
3: Honestly, it was a long time ago. I don't remember. Yeah. But I looked up a recipe, cooked the recipe... It was.
2: That's my thing. Is that I know how to make a pretty good beef roast, and I'm like, I don't even have to look up a recipe anymore. And Mm. so I try to do the same thing with venison, and it always ends up dry. That's what happened
6: with my roommate the other day. mm. He was talking it up all day. And then it was just terrible. And we
3: were you all got, excited oh, all day. Did you put him on blast? You just put him on blast. And maybe <laughs> when you were eating it, you were like, yeah, man, this is pretty good.
1: Oh, yeah. so so, feed now- <laughs> it to the dog. But
3: when he wasn't looking, you are like, you did good. Do it again, man. And now you're putting him on blast on the podcast. So he can't hear this. So
5: here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing with, like, venison you got to remember is it's a lot leaner. Than beef, so mm-hmm. it's going to dry out quicker.
2: Yeah, there's no fat to break. So down.
5: you're you're going to have to change like your times in cooking anyway. Oh yeah, for it. Cool. Well, that's all the questions. Let's rock and roll into. Um,
2: do we have, do we have spooky segments today?
5: Um,
2: is your spooky, or do you want to talk about um,
5: Cliff's weekend? Your, is your spooky? Oh, we it's didn't about talk
2: CWD, about the weekend. So yeah. Ooh, it's zombie deer. <laughs> i mean, pretty This much. is tr- <laughs> <laughs> this is true.
5: Uh, yeah, we can, we can do it very quickly. We went to Premier Wing Shooting up in Lamont, Texas. Landon had a good time. I did have yeah. a good time. I had a good time. Too. It
3: was a charity uh,
5: bird competition. Yep, it was a charity term- turn- it, tournament. It was uh, one t- box.
3: One box for, for Chuckers. Team. Per team. So you could have anywhere from two to five people per team. Uh-huh. Um, it costs to enter as a team. I think someone told me it was $700, to $850. dollars i
5: never heard the cost. Um,
3: 750 or 850 For the whole team, you get one box of shells, and uh, you how many birds can the team get off one box of shells, and you have to return all your shells, so even your empty. So
5: if you don't bring back all your shells, you it's get deducted. one a bird. bird. So I got up there earlier because at first I was originally the only volunteer, but we or not the only volunteer for the the group, but out of us, I was the only volunteer. And I got up there, and then I think a volunteer didn't show up, so I said I got someone in mind. Let me call him, and I called Landon, and he came up Friday night. But while we were waiting on him, I uh, helped the ranch manager, the owner of it, uh, band. All the birds, the pheasant and the chucker, so like my hands are all cut up from. Oh, that's kind of healed from like pheasants clawing me with their talons and stuff. There's some gnarly friggin' birds. Um, but I banded roughly 300 esque chucker.
2: So live chucker.
5: Yes, okay. live chucker. Catching them in pens and about 90 or so pheasant. Pheasant. Did you get to shoot the big net gun? no we did it by hand i would go up so you run and chase these chuckers around (laughs) yes (laughs) a lot of the chuckers so they actually like crowded up in a corner so they were actually fairly easy the pheasant would go crazy and i actually got hit in the nose by one of them flying up and like just popped me (laughs) and they would like actually like land on your head your shoulders and stuff and the whole time they're just pooping everywhere all over you oh gosh
1: Dude, that's Uh, disgusting.
5: It it, it (laughs) wasn't as bad as like it sounds because I really didn't get any on me except for one time. There was a pheasant I grabbed that another pheasant had gone on and I didn't realize it so I got it all over my hand. But you got to go in and the hardest part is trying to like get control of their legs because they're like kicking and flapping and all this other stuff and hitting you with like their talons and they're pretty sharp when they're coming at you. And, uh, so I got cut up a good bit, but yeah, like I said, abandoned about 300 chucker and about 90 pheasant that night. Yeah. And then Landon showed up at 1230. Yeah. Um, and then the next day I was like,
3: uh, you know, tallied team's points and like planted birds. So
2: that was pretty fun. We drive around plant birds. Um, so when you dig the hole and you put the bird in, where do you cover it up to? right,
1: right at, the, right neck.
5: at the, neck. <laughs> right the neck just leave a little no, no. next to get we, out we we literally so i kind of got in with the ranch owner a good bit like we i'd met him last year and uh i kind of followed him around because he would tell ask me to do certain things and all that so i was kind of following him around the first morning part and i uh was planting birds and what you would literally do is you take them and you like dizzy them up a bit bit, and then you like throw them out and they stay there and then the hunters come out so i did that and then watched two teams go out and count their stuff and then uh after the first round of shooters came back people were starting to ask well who's going to clean the birds who's going to clean the birds like do we have a designated bird cleaner
2: here did you raise your hand
5: yeah i did And so, I ran up to the the person who was putting on the event, like, in charge of all the volunteers. And I was like, hey, I'm kind of just sitting here watching teams go in and out. And, like, I feel like I can be used somewhere else. I'll clean the birds if you, if you want me to. She's like, yeah, that'll be great. So, I set up a little bird cleaning station on the back of my truck and cleaned birds the rest of the day. Did you get any tips? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah I actually, you made a little money. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I ended up cleaning roughly around like two hundred and something chucker. I want to say it's really around like two hundred chucker, um, as a conservative estimate. And uh, <laughs> I, my knife was disgusting afterwards. And normally, like I don't have to use a knife on like birds. Like normally, I can just like cause all I was doing was breasting them. Right. So normally I can just like pop open the breast and then like stick my fingers in, fall in that sternum and then like just pull out. Yeah. But something on these chucker was different than ducks and dove that I've ever cleaned. I don't know if it's because they were so newly killed, whereas most ducks and doves I clean, it's like been sitting out for a few hours. So like things have started going a little bit. Yeah. What's that called? Um, rigor mortis. Rigor mortis. Yeah. Some of these had rigor mortis. But, like, I would stick my fingers in and I'd, like, pull the legs and everything apart and it's like it didn't want to give. So, like, occasionally I'd have to take my knife and, like, pop a joint or something to get it to go. And There's other times, like, I would do it and, like, the whole skin around the neck and everything would actually come off with the head. So, like, I cleaned the whole thing, (laughs) like, head, like, Mm -hmm. breast wings and, like, Mm -hmm. the head in one hand and then, like the actual skull and, like, innards and everything else in the other. Yeah. It was, it was wild. It's just graphic. Yeah. It was. And then the perks of volunteering was they
3: let us hunt leftover birds afterwards. And yeah. it was pretty uneventful for me um, because I was shooting dev shots. At Chuckers, which
5: wasn't the most effective thing. So they gave us pheasant shot, but we forgot to grab a yeah. box. And I didn't even... I let Landon use my shotgun because Landon left his in his truck, which was down at the It was a ways away. And I really just wanted to walk and work hatch anyway. So I walked with them working hatch, and Landon had the gun. And they had du- or pheasant load for us, and I didn't think about it to tell Landon to grab a box. So Landon, you grabbed my belt and there was uh, just dove loads in there. <laughs> yeah. Landon grabbed my belt and my shotgun and just headed off into the field and not thinking about it, but like, I haven't cleaned out my belt since I went dove hunting glass. So there's a bunch of dove load in mm. it and he had zero pheasant load. I think
3: the second pheasant I shot at, I definitely hit cause feathers kind of flew off and I was like, that thing, I was kind of like, that thing should have come down. And I thought about it for about 15 minutes afterwards. I was, like, kind of upset about that bird because another group tailed off. That bird went kind of went down, and another group went and finished it off, and they got the bird because they finished it. Um, but then I got to think about it, and then I look, I picked up the box of shells, like, oh, it's dove load. And definitely not bring it down <laughs> a chucker with. It'd have to be a really good shot. Like, definitely in the
5: head, um, some pheasant shot would have been. Yeah, we, nice. also, we also did got hatched to do some snake avoidance training, which was fun. And those videos are up on inst- our Instagram, too. They are, and I even asked the lady if I could pet the western diamondback, because I was like, this is the only time I'm ever really going to do it. And so she's like, yeah. So she pinned down the head, and I got to like let it slither through my hands back onto the ground.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And you can just see me smiling like a kid in a candy shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Instagram.
3: It's really it awesome. And the snake avoidance training, which was really cool to watch Hatch because it took one round, and Hatch was like, I ain't going anywhere near this thing.
5: Yeah.
3: Yeah. But, and then uh, I won a raffle, which was pretty exciting. Ooh, I yeah. got a full Duck Camp set up. So yeah. shout out to Duck Camp for donating to the charity shoot. Nothing fits. So I have to drive to Austin and exchange <laughs> it. But... I'll,
5: go, I'll go with you because I need to check out
4: some stuff there.
3: Okay. That sounds good. All
4: right. Dude, Landon, you win everything, bro. Haven't you won like four raffles?
3: Uh, there was like November two years ago, I won like four raffles in one month. I've never won anything. Yeah. And before that, I had never won anything. And I was like, at the end of the month, I was like, oh, my gosh. I am probably never going to win anything again because this is the luckiest a person could be. <laughs> I was like, I should have bought a lottery ticket this month.
2: You won all the things. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But yeah, this is my first one since, and I liked I enter raffles. Like if someone's like like that uh, bino harness deal,
1: mm-hmm.
3: me and Cliff went to lunch one day, and I got an email that they were doing like this limited bino harness. It was black for charity. I was like, I like that, and it was like fifteen dollars or something to enter. Yeah,
5: that's the marsupial gear. The one.
3: marsupial gear. I was like. I will enter raffles like fairly often, as opposed to, like I ain't gonna go on and buy it, but I'll enter a raffle for it. That's true. So I'll I'll fairly often enter raffles. Which back
5: to that guy's question about binoculars in Texas, if you're running binoculars, I highly suggest investing in a bino harness, mm-hmm. and you can reach out to us. I got a list of different ones that I think are good uh, that you can narrow yeah. it down through. I like marsupial some come gear. With it. but I've gotten three out of four of us run marsupial gear, and it all started with. Pretty much me mm-hmm. taking the bullet and trying to figure it out. And I absolutely love mine.
3: We got to get Zach a marsupial gear
2: bino harness. And we got, you got to get Ian a chama chair. We do need to get Ian in a chair. Let's see. I got a good harness though. Like my harness is top notch and it came with mm. my binos for
1: free. Mm.
4: Oh, no, you Zach, know like, let's out. work out like a trade.
2: What's the trade? I don't want to
4: get your chama chair. I don't chair know. Like expense. chama <laughs> chair for. I did enter no, a chama no, chair raffle.
2: Definitely. I did not win. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
4: All right, Landed, who wants to go first? Well, Zach, Zach. here's what we'll do. We'll just enter a bunch of contests of Landon route <laughs> with Landon Rowland. you got to win one of them.
1: <laughs>
3: okay. Uh, you know, I we're running over because you got a lot of questions, and we also want to talk to Tyler. So um, I'm going to do one of my two stories. Cool.
2: Okay, uh, let's see. A spooky intro. Ooh. Ooh.
3: So. Wee,
1: wee. Wee.
3: So moving away from my normal segment, since this is the Halloween special, I got a spooky hunting story. Ooh, this came mesh. This came from the legendary Whitetails website. It's called A Ghost in the Darkness by Shane Kessler. I like that. While walking back from an evening bow hunt, I had about a mile walk through the swamps here in Louisiana. While walking with a small flashlight, I started to hear something following in the leaves behind me. I stopped, spun around, and it stopped.
4: Ooh. Wait, what is
2: this from? It's from something. It's from a place. Yeah. We will find it's out. It's from the Legendary
3: end. Whitetail's website. I start, I start, and it started again. I again looked with a small light and couldn't see anything. I start to hear coyotes, and in my mind, I'm thinking I'm being stalked. I take my large flashlight out and scan the woods. The closer I get to the truck, the faster I walk. The faster I walk, the louder the sound gets. By the time I get to the edge of the wood line, I'm almost in a full sprint, alone and armed only with my bow as I clear the woods. The noise stops. I sling my stand off my shoulders and grab my 9mm out of my truck and get ready for whatever is about to clear the woods. Five minutes pass and nothing happens. As I load my stand into my truck, I notice the rope I used to pull my bow up into the stand and it had gotten untied and was dragging the leaves behind me. Yeah. I ran from my pull-up rope. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very nice.
5: Hope that's a lesson learned, Cliff. It is. That's why you always got to load up your toe rope. <laughs> like, I don't leave mine out of my bag too mm-hmm. long. Hey, it just gets everywhere. Yeah. It gets tangled up.
3: Ian, did you have a story
5: this week?
4: Yeah. Is it spooky? Um, actually, I don't have a story. I just have a bunch of weird named animals that are like Halloween.
2: Ooh, okay. Sweet. So we, really, we got a spooky intro. Yeah.
4: Um, the Addams Family.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we all sing different songs. <laughs> that was everything. <laughs> we we're all like, and we all thought of like a Halloween movie. <laughs> we all sing a different song. All right, and There we go. <laughs> the Addams Family. Dun,
1: dun, dun, dun.
5: Okay, Ian, go. <laughs>
4: okay. <laughs> this is, I feel like this podcast is rushed. This is from National Geographic Animals. Um, so uh, we'll post the link, but it's just Halloween-themed animals. I'm just going to breeze through these. There's something called the Screaming hairy Armadillo.
1: Ooh. Um, ooh.
4: At, and it's at the Omaha Zoo. I don't know how to pronounce the Latin name. It's like... Give it a try to rock. Try to rock his. There you go. is.
3: We all believe you
2: because we could, we don't know.
3: <laughs>
4: no, as, far, you as, know as you, far as we're
3: I'll concerned, the, we know that that is the correct Latin pronunciation. You said it better than the guy who created it.
4: Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's what we'll do. I'll read the Latin names and then the actual names. This will be more fun. Um, uh, did this modus rotundus. That's oh, yeah, I've deal. heard of that. <laughs> what is that? Better known as the common vampire bat.
3: Ooh. Um, Ooh. If you guys remember, we talked crypto... to Greg about vampire bats. We
4: did. Dude, there are so many Latin scholars that are just crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Krypto branches. <laughs> this bishop is also known as the Ozark Hellbender. Um, what is that? Hellbender? What is that? It, it looks like, uh, oh, they're also known as snot otters devil dogs and mud cats. <laughs>
1: Ooh, I like all of those. The <laughs> so one
4: um is it, is some sort of salamander. Oh, cool. Um which can weigh over 4 pounds.
3: That's a big
6: salamander. Yeah,
4: this one looks cool. It it looks like a giant it looks like a giant booger, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> it really does. Um yep. Wait, let's go back. Please put that out. armadillo. That. Uh are native to South America and they sound an alarm and yell like a really loud, repetitive call, Mm. uh, which sounds like a scream. You have something called the Europlatus (laughs) oh man Fontatitis is at the Houston Zoo, but it's also known as the satanic leaf-tailed gecko. (laughs) (laughs) And this lizard's horns like protrusions and striking eyes on some I just, it just looks scary as so. hell. Uh, it's <laughs> at the Houston Zoo. And then you have something called the Halloween Crab. Um, I used to have I a Halloween Crab. I think we may have that really? one. Yeah, in
6: middle yeah.
3: school. Oh, you did? Enlighten yeah, us. Yeah,
6: dude, the Halloween Crab, man. It, it, it died pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs>
4: whoa, whoa, Tyler, you had a Halloween Crab? Yeah,
6: I, used to ha- I had two of them. And when I was in fifth grade, there was an oh, exotic dude. pet store right by where I went to elementary school. And I would go there... And wait for my dad to pick me up instead of like waiting in the school parking lot. And they had Halloween crabs, and I had two of them.
3: And you said they died pretty quick? Yeah. Was it poor management?
6: Probably poor management from the fifth (laughs) (laughs) grade.
3: Any interesting facts about them?
6: Uh, no, I don't no. think so. I, I did see a guy lose his thumb at the exotic pet store. From what? a uh, whoa, time wait, so out. yeah. Whoa, okay, well you can't whoa, just what? like okay, you can't just casually whoa. throw that out there.
3: Well, this one time I saw this guy lose his thumb, but we'll move on to the Halloween <laughs> crowd.
6: <crab. laughs> <laughs> okay, hold up. Yeah, go ahead, Tyler. So there's this in the in the store. They had this huge monitor lizard, and they had like a big uh like, it was like an old hot tub, but they just filled it with cold water. for, And they put it, the monitor lizard in there to swim. And the guy went to go grab it out. And like I saw them do this all the time. And he went to go grab it out, but I guess it didn't want to come out. bit onto his thumb and just death rolled. And just he came back, like pulled his thumb away. And you were there. Yeah. And, and he just didn't have a fifth fifth grader, And I was like. <laughs> and the other guy behind the counter was freaking yeah. out. And I was like, oh, my. Did you
3: call
2: nine one one?
6: No, I didn't. But the guy behind the counter did. did I, don't he, think, I don't think I had a phone. I was just traumatized. <laughs> wait, wait. So wait, the wait, guy who got, who, guy like who a lost his thumb. Or like? No, there was a. It was a store next to my elementary school. Oh dang!
2: So the guy who lost his thumb did he work there? Yeah, he worked there. Okay, and he
6: like took care of the lizard every day.
2: And just one day, the lizard was like, "Not today."
3: Yeah, so it took his thumb and then just barrel and death rolled.
6: rolled, and he pulled and just. It was gone.
2: Yeah. Do you think it happens like movies where like they pull off everything and you just have like, a, like a skeleton
6: thumb for a, dip, yeah, for a bit? Yeah, describe the thumb yeah, it after like, it was gone. Just nothing there. Like, just just, just it flat. Just yeah, just flat. flat just just like, flat and bloody on his arm. Oh, really? Yeah. Just straight
3: up flat?
2: Oh, man. Wow. That's brutal. That's the most Halloween story so far.
6: Yeah. <laughs> That's a true story. Oh, right. <laughs>
2: right. That's a real Halloween. So did you hang
3: around for like the authorities? No, to I don't arrive? really,
6: really went. Well, like my dad was like in the parking lot. I saw that and I was like, time for me to leave. And I never <laughs> really went. I never went back <laughs> he there. got in the truck Was dead. <laughs> Dang, guess what I saw today? <laughs> and, Mars and your dad, dad was like, you blood. were never allowed to yeah. go back there again. <laughs> but after then, I don't really mess with snakes or lizards, lizards. or anything. That's I don't play away. Just seeing that? Yeah, no. was,
3: like, I'm good. Wow. I like how you just casually threw out there. Right. So I so saw this guy lose his stuff dumb. one time. What? What? What?
1: All right.
0: Ian, do you have any more uh, Halloween animals? This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place and only with the sound of your voice with the Contour voice remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour Sports app. Learn more at coxcox.com slash contour. This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place. And only with the sound of your voice with the Contour voice remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour sports app. Learn more at Cox, slash Contour.
4: No,
6: man, I just want to hear more about. Uh, that pet
4: you got any more people that. losing
6: appendages? No, they, they, they had some crazy animals. They had a, there's a, a big sloth in a the cage they had there. They had a oh. giant python. Ooh. That place is crazy.
2: Do you remember that guy in Lubbock who had the pet store? And It was something like if you went in you paid him like five bucks, he'd take you to the back room.
1: Chase. <laughs> <Chupacomper>. <laughs> was man. this another Chupacabra thing?
3: Like at the state fair? Yeah, those, yeah. I think a
5: lot
2: of people have taken advantage of you. <laughs> Guys, $5 <Yeah>. is $5. <laughs> Keeping my new favorite thing behind the back door.
1: <laughs>
3: oh. oh, my
2: gosh. Oh, man. Yeah, no, he had like spider monkeys and stuff. I think he had like illegal things back there. You know, I'd wait, Zach, are you talking
4: about that one that was like on 34th? Yeah,
2: it was right across the street from the aquarium.
4: Yeah, we won't name it. But yeah, no, I know what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah. You went in yeah. there, you, you paid the owner like a couple bucks and you take it to the back room that had all the weird stuff. Yeah, weird <laughs> stuff. Same dude who does the chip of coverage <laughs> <in> the <United laughs> state fair. Different guy, same motive. <laughs> oh, man.
5: All right, Cliff. All right, so I'm going to give y'all an option since I know we're pressed for time. Okay, is it spooky? And it's kind of since in the spirit of Halloween. I have a story that happened to me one time in Georgia. Is it, is it spooky? That is kind of creepy. Okay. Um, or I can go into CWD. Let's do a Creepy Story. Yeah, Creepy... No, we'll,
4: Creepy Story, dude. We'll yeah. save
2: CWD for, for,
5: not yeah,
4: for not the Halloween special. Yeah, for not the
2: Halloween special, when we apparently are talking about... The, the Pandemic special.
5: The
4: Pandemic <laughs> special. <laughs> we we'll talk about every
3: Pandemic. Every creature's Pandemic.
5: <laughs> so, I was a freshman in college at the time, and uh, I was going to Young Harris University, which is located... In the foothills section or at the very base of the Appalachian Trail around Brasstown Bald, Helen, you know, Georgia. You'd be a good writer. You're very descriptive in your
2: stories. I'm, I'm painting a picture. Right. <laughs> Literally, I'm building a picture yeah, in my head. Yeah, I'm building a picture. I don't know a Brasstown Hall or...
5: Brasstown Bald. It's the highest peak in Georgia. Yeah, I just wasn't, mm-hmm. you know...
2: Um, was this pre-septum piercing or
5: post-septum piercing? <laughs> it was pre. Okay. <laughs> uh,
4: Whoa,
2: you had a septum piercing? Not just a yeah. septum piercing.
5: <laughs> We're not going into that. <laughs> that's, a, that's another story Wait, for another day. Yeah, how did I not know that? <laughs> that's for it? next year's Halloween special. <laughs> <laughs> um, weird times, man. <laughs> So, (laughs) I was a, like I said, I was a freshman going to Young Harris College slash university. It was a two-year school, but it had some degrees that had four-year programs, so it was like starting to change a little bit, and it was becoming bigger. Um, Like I said, it's located around Blairsville, Blue Ridge, Georgia, right in the foothill or base part of... uh, The Appalachian Trail near Brasstown Bald and Blood Mountain. Blood? Yeah. And uh, this story actually takes place on Blood Mountain. So it was actually about probably this time of year. It was around Halloween, I remember. And I I remember me and my friends would actually go. There was a cornfield that was managed by the University of Georgia up there. And we would sneak, like, hop the fence and, like, hang out in the cornfield around this time of year for, like, Halloween. What would, like,
2: you, what would you look for?
5: Nothing. We'd just go around scaring each other. One guy had a camera <laughs> taking pictures of cars that passed by with, like, high exposure, like, trying to make, like, those lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of fun. We'd
2: just kind of scare each other and, like, explore and whatnot. So, like, <clears throat> that's a divert the, the Smoke story. cigarettes, drink drinks. I imagine you guys would just, like, run around the cornfield and be, like, boo, to each other. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it was...
5: It was there wasn't anything scary about it, but that's not the story. This story really starts the night before. Uh, we all, we all were camping cause that was something that we were all into and could do there because there's not much up there. So we all kind of got into camping and a couple of times we would, uh, drive up to the, the peak of bell mountain in my Jeep and, uh, camp out there which had like a little off-road trail on the on the way up there i took my parents one time and there's a sign that says do not drive this you will die and i still drove it with my parents in the car and they yelled at me but again that's wow. not the, that's not this story <laughs> but like i said we, we would go camping and so we all got it in our in our idea in our heads That the group of us would go camping. And there was about four girls, five guys in the group or so. And we all decided that we wanted to hike a section of the Appalachian Trail and go camp on the top of Blood Mountain, which is the very, like, start of it in Georgia. And the night before, I was like, great idea. Deliverance, the movie, the... Yeah, the paddle fast
2: right here, banjo sort of thing.
5: Yes, the movie that made that famous was on Netflix at the time. Now, if you don't know, Deliverance was, as a matter of fact, filmed in Georgia,
2: in your backyard. The,
5: the river, the river sections <laughs> of Deliverance is Georgia. Mm-hmm. So. The whole movie. If you've never seen it, then this story's not going to be spooky to you. But the "I'm going to make you school like a pig, boy" mm-hmm. comes from it. I uh, think it's Burt Reynolds. Yeah, gets manhandled by a backcountry, no-teethed hillbilly, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So we watch Deliverance in the dorm room the night before we go camping on the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. The Blood like
3: Mountain. you shouldn't do, just like you shouldn't watch a Blair Witch Project before you go camping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, one, 100%. Yeah.
5: But we did anyway. So watch that. Everything's already all packed and then we go and we head out probably mid-afternoon or so and start hiking up the Blood Mountain section of the Appalachian Trail. And we get to the very top and there's this like little safe house or whatever you want to call it, like a sleeping cabin that's there for people to use. Mm-hmm. And out front, there's a stump that had, be, or a tree that had been cut. So now it's just a stump. And on that stump was a man. What? Wearing nothing but overalls and a blaze orange vest. Okay. No way. No teeth just like the movie (laughs) so we get up there and it's about six o'clock at night or so and he's like there's some camping spots right down about another 200 yards or so if y'all want to camp there we're all like
1: (laughs) no sir we do not
5: (laughs) so we ended up going farther than what we really wanted to and uh going about another mile, mile and a half down the trail and finding a place just off trail that we could camp and setting up camp and stuff and uh, cooking our dinners and everything which consisted of mountain house meals and all that. And uh, all night, you just hear like noises in the woods and everything. And the only thing I could think about is it's some, overalls man it's that hillbilly dude coming to check <laughs> on us <laughs> and it was like the most like it's not like terrifying but it's like creepy and scary just because of like the fact that i watched deliverance yeah. right before did y'all yeah.
3: have a night watch like you you take an hour you take an hour <laughs> Nah, no, so i
5: mean we ended up staying up a good portion of the night around like a little campfire and stuff and then crashing out if you're
2: banjos you wake us all up you yeah, pretty much it,
5: but it was like just a whole creepy
2: like right, if you were camping though right pitch black mill nowhere and you did hear banjos like you, oh i'm out yeah. i'm out yeah, i'm gone sure. i just like <laughs> that'd be the creepiest thing i can imagine.
5: no i'm going to try to find the banjos <laughs> <Go find> hey <them. laughs> <laughs> man <a> free banjos <laughs> Maybe
1: but, they're just
4: having a little evening entertainment, you know? Who
5: knows? Yeah. But it was, like, the the whole, like, situation of it all, like, as a story makes it kind of creepy to me. I don't think it's, like, scary, but it is something, like, that happened to me yeah. personally. And I could call up every single one of those dudes and be like, you remember this? And they'd probably <laughs> be like, yeah. So, shout out to them. Nice. Most of them I don't talk to anymore.
3: Send them this podcast. Let, Most of them not talk
5: to anymore.
2: Zach, you ready? I am. You guys ready? Yeah. Creature watch. Ooh. Zach gets music. We don't. <laughs> well, we can make my music. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't have a creature this week. But talking about jack lanterns earlier got me thinking. It's Halloween. Halloween special. Let's talk about jack lanterns. Okay. The headless horseman.
5: Hey. Which. That movie I watched it the other night, uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp.
2: Yeah, that movie holds up. Yeah, it's good. It is good. Yeah, it is. So Sleepy Hollow is actually considered one of the original horror stories. Like, uh, well, original cross-continent like multicultural horror story yeah there's mm.
5: like a representation of the headless horsemen in a bunch of different cultures yeah. around the world well
2: like the 1820s the story moved from like place to place like many different uh, countries recognize the story mm. um but that wasn't the first time of a headless horseman uh, they've been around since like medieval times
1: mm-hmm.
2: but the jack-o'-lantern right as we talked about earlier has many different kind of, like, meanings and rituals and stuff, right? We all look at them now as, like, oh, this house means that it probably has candy if it has a lit jack-o'-lantern on it. Oh, it's like
3: the porch light before the porch light. Right,
2: exactly. But it didn't always mean that. So, it is from, like, old pagan rituals, like, even, like, pre-Christianity. What would happen is pagans believed that there was this thing called Samhain, which was, like, celebrating the harvest, right? So... During the harvest though, when the nights get kind of cold, right? In between like summer and winter. Nights the, like tonight. Nights like tonight. Ooh. <laughs> the layer between Which it is.
5: It, it Texas has gotten cold the past like few days. Yeah, it was like been nice. we, st- we started getting cold fronts the weekend that we went up to the sweetwater. It's been nice. It's thirty nine
2: degrees this morning.
5: But like the past few days have definitely been like layer up and wear a jacket it's cold outside oh yeah and today is the first day like all of us have shown up to the podcast like wearing a jacket and holding on to it the entire time it's kind of
2: nice though i do i enjoy it yeah um so anyway so saw right this harvest festival they believe that is when the layer between like the living and the dead were was the thinnest so what they would do is not just relatives would come visit them on this on Halloween night, right? It would also be what they thought were fairies. And they thought that the fairies would come and take them away. So is this like Celtic mythology? Yes, yeah, okay. exactly, like pagan, Celtic stuff. So they thought that, like, the fairies would come and take them away. So what they did is they took all the root vegetables that they gathered during the autumn harvest, and they would carve faces into them to scare the fairies away from, like, getting them at night. Oh, so, over the years, people have used pumpkins, but usually, pumpkins is a relatively new thing. They use turnips and uh, root vegetables, like potatoes and squashes. Oh,
5: car and this turnip.
2: Right? <laughs> no, the turnip ones look freaking crazy. The they're beets. They're weird looking, yeah. Um, so, this has been going on for years. And the reason why we call them jack lanterns is because you used to call just like somebody you didn't know Jack. You'd be like, oh, like, hey, that's Jack. Or maybe you've heard of like, oh, that person doesn't know Jack. Mm
5: -hmm. Like Joe, like G.I. Joe.
2: right? It's like what people used to call just anybody that they didn't know. Um, But also, there is the story of (laughs) Stingy Jack who tricked the devil. He, uh, the devil, was trying to take him, but Jack played a trick on him. And so he ended up beating the devil and the devil said, well, I'm going to come after you. Forever, right? So then Jack wandered the earth with a lantern the rest of his life.
5: This reminds me of another story about a boy. Actually, it took place in Georgia where a boy... uh Played the fiddle against the devil.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the devil went down to Georgia. Yeah. Yeah.
5: That's weird. Huh. All right, keep on going. I just thought that was funny. I was starting to bust inside, so I had to, like, mention <laughs> it.
2: Very nice. Oh, uh, man. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, after he tricked the devil... Uh, essentially, Jack was barred. He couldn't go to heaven. He couldn't go to hell. So the devil said, "Like you know what? Did he get uh, a shiny fiddle made of gold? He did not. He got a lump <laughs> of coal, though." So <laughs> he said, uh, "I'm coming. I'm going to come after you, but I do pity you. So I'm going to give you this light lump of coal that's lit forever." And so he put it in his lantern, and it went across, it went around forever. Um, mm. but yeah. How did he trick the devil, saying that he could play the fiddle better? Or I don't know. It just says he tricked the devil twice. We'll go with oh, that. He was he was full of mischief. He's like, Yeah, I really suck at the fiddle.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll play you. <laughs> <laughs> Hustled <to>, him. <laughs> Hustled the
1: <to> shit. <laughs> well, also it was uh,
2: so it was like Jack cheated death. Right was how he tricked the devil because he was like an alcoholic. He did a bunch of stuff, he said like a bunch that of, boy like, from Georgia. Yeah, right. He did he a bunch. Said, of, he did a bunch of bad stuff. And so uh, it was also a cautionary tale that, like, if you behave like Jack, you might be trapped between the two worlds. So that's it. But yeah, but the main thing is, we keep uh, Jack lanterns up so that way they uh, protect us from fairies. Nice from taking us away at night. All right, that's all of our stories.
3: Tyler, what's up?
6: What's up? <laughs> <laughs> It's been a long road to this. Yeah, yeah,
3: we are way over on time, but we're gonna roll with it. That's all right. We get
5: a little time. bit yeah. We've been pretty consistent. I don't know yeah, how much more
6: there. exciting I can get instead of my uh, monitor lizard story, but hey, that, that was a good story, yeah. but yeah. Dude, that's, go. to be fair, that story was epic, right? What's that lizard <laughs> called? Monitor lizard?
2: They're like a small Komodo dragon.
4: Yeah, exactly. Did that guy, like, immediately resign from the pet rock? Oh,
6: if I was him, I would have never worked again. Technically, he re no Because
4: he was <laughs> cool. no. <laughs> Also messed up. But <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, we brought you on to talk about fly fishing. We've been talking a lot of hunting lately, so fishing will be good. And you recently got a job at a fly shop on the Guadalupe.
6: Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. It's, it's awesome.
3: So, well, I've known you for four years. Pr- now, four years, much. probably. Met you up in Austin when you were a very green young junior in high school. Junior, trying to learn how to fish, <laughs> and now you work at a fly shop. So, lay out the path for all the young kids who have dreams and aspirations of doing what you're doing.
6: So, the fly shop I work at now, I've been going to since. Like, I first started going to the Guad which was my junior year, and when I went there, a guy about my age now worked there, and I was like, man, that'd be a pretty cool job. But I still had no no idea what I was doing. The first time we went to the GOD, we fished a totally wrong part of the river. I didn't bring waders. I was wearing chacos and shorts, oh, or chacos well, nice. and, like, sweatpants and freezing cold. <laughs> oh, my god! Shout gosh. out to yeah. Texas winter waders. <laughs> <laughs> and then went to another fly shop, and they, the guy was like, yeah, you're fishing. You need to fish over here, down there. No good.
2: Oh, man. Were you guys too far downstream?
6: Yeah. Yeah. So then the next day, went, met this old guy on the river. He gave us these two black woolly buggers, fished those all day, and just tore it up. And yeah. I was addicted. And then, so I, I live in Laga Vista, which is by the lake, and there's a bunch of little creeks that run off into the lake. And then after that, it was just every day after school, get home, pack up my fly fishing stuff and go hit the creeks this was like
3: a, yeah, well this is a couple years after yeah. you're like oh i'm done hanging out we're in animal shops now i'm gonna start going yeah out now I'm, now I'm, yeah <laughs> i'm
6: getting away from lizards and snakes <laughs> but it's just like and you can never stop learning i, I guess would be my biggest takeaway like still now like i watch youtube videos every single day mm-hmm. and you just like learn more and more mm-hmm.
2: so when you're looking for like youtube videos um like how are you finding them just like youtube algorithm or are you searching yeah, like for I'll, anything
6: I'll, I'll like search something up or like what usually happens is i'll watch one video i want to understand something in that video like he'll gloss over it mm-hmm. and then i'll be okay like i want to learn more about that and it's just a big rabbit hole yeah it's been mm-hmm. hours
2: just like okay they mentioned that but yeah, they didn't yeah. really go into detail
6: yeah, so like i'm gonna that. go look at that and then he has another video on that and then in that video he'll mention something else mm-hmm. yeah and you just learn we should more. be
3: taking notes i know yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, for our YouTube channel, it's <laughs> dying. It's not dying. We just don't have time right now. No, man, we're busy. Yeah. But, um, so how'd you get the job at the fly shop?
6: Well, I went there this summer. I took my two roommates who were big hunters and know nothing about fly fishing. Mm-hmm. So I took them, and then I wanted to show them this cool fly shop that I've been going to since I was a junior in high school. So I stopped in there. And I started talking to the owner about college, and he went to Tech State, I went to Texas State. So he struck a conversation, and I just asked him, I was like, are y'all going to be hiring part-time, like, during trout season? He's like, yeah, give me a call back when y'all get back to school, because I was going to a summer camp to teach fly fishing mm-hmm. all summer. So I was like, I'll give a call when I get, get back. So I gave him a call when I got back, and then it all worked out perfectly.
3: Nice. Um, what's the deal? Explain the summer camp. Yeah. Yeah,
6: So it was Camp Ozark in Arkansas. And this summer, I actually didn't end up going this summer, like this summer I was supposed to go. But last summer I worked and like it was a, it's like a big Christian kids summer camp and it's a bunch of, they sign up for different classes and there's a fly fishing class and it's on the Ouachita River. So Mm -hmm. I'll take a group of like 12 kids from like 12 to 18 year olds. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a little bit bit older. Yeah, well, it's from like it's from seven to eighteen. but okay. You have to be twelve to to go be out to, to fish go. on the strip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we would just fish all day. Is that what you did fun. basically every day? Mm-hmm. That was my one job every day. That kind of nice. sounds awesome. Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: just like fishing with like some kids.
3: All that thing is better than like a summer camp job when you're in high school, or like a college like camp job or like adventure job. Especially mm-hmm.
2: like teaching kids to fish, where it's like it's pretty rewarding because yeah. most of the time they probably catch fish.
6: Yeah. yeah, and then that got me. So when I got back to like, my hometown, I had a about two months left of summer before I went back to college. And I started my own little, like, fly fishing summer camp for the last two months. And it was, like, from, I think the youngest I taught was five years old to, like, 13-year-old kids just, like, in my hometown, how to fly fish. That was awesome. Yeah. And it's just little creeks, and you can catch, like, 50 sunfish in a day. Yeah. you know yeah. what you're doing.
2: Hey, like, sunfish on the fly are still fun. Yeah. Awesome. I could do it all day long. Yeah, me too. Like, it's so much fun. That's yeah. awesome.
3: Um. So, the summer camp were people pretty successful? Yeah. Like, the, I Christian? had some
6: kids. I had one kid that caught a massive smallmouth, like bigger than I've ever caught. Uh-huh. Dang! And then there was one kid that was from Austin, and he was like twelve or thirteen, and he was one of the best like casters I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Like we did had the, done it before. Yeah. yeah okay. he, his dad does it a lot, gotcha. so he knew. And like I would do like little like, like because you have to like. Like, the first day, you teach them because they don't know anything. Right. And, like, I would do, like, little different games and little, like, casting tournaments. And I was like, dude, you just, you don't need to, like, do this. Because, like, yeah. we do casting tournaments, and he'd win every one. He'd be and in I, the spot every yeah, time. Yeah, I'm like, okay, you're good. <laughs> Let's let other people try to win. One. Nice. He's, um, like, cast better than I can. I'm like, nah. so yeah, no. So, no,
3: no. what was the hardest part about teaching kids especially like 12 is kind of like probably a questionable age for fly fishing unless you're really enthused about it um because i know like with our one-on-one classes i used to teach like parents would bring their kids there's a difference between a kid who is enthused about being there and a kid that is being brought by his parents and would rather be
2: playing video games or something like
3: that. Yeah, I
6: think the thing about camp was, is the kids sign up for the classes on their own. Mm. So they want to learn about it.
2: So they're taking the things that they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But
6: I did have a couple, one, like one segment of camp, I had a group of like four kids who could uh, care less and just wanted, I guess they didn't want to do anything else. They, they just like, wanted to
2: do something together. Yeah. But not. But
6: so like, they were just like, didn't care and like had no like respect for the rods or anything. So like the second day we were down at the river. There's like a little pool to the side. And like they weren't fishing, but just like messing, like lightsabering the rods. Oh, God. And I was like, I was like, y'all just give me the rods, and they're like, can we just swim in here? And I was like, yeah, y'all are good. Just don't go out into the actual river. Just like, if y'all stay there, yeah, we're swim, good. Swim. And like, I won't make y'all have to move class or anything. Y'all can just swim in the little side of the river. <laughs> swim in the scummy yeah. water oh, that's oh, just man.
3: hanging out right Well, good. that's a good position to be in. Yeah. Because um, it's hard to teach people that aren't interested. Oh, yeah. Because um, I know, well, me, Zach, and Cliff have all taught like those classes, and it's, a deal where people think it'll be like, Oh, this will be a great family activity for us to do. No. And it, it very rarely works out to be a great family. activity. But then
2: you have some kids though, that are just like all about it. And Mm -hmm. like, they're like, I've been waiting to learn how to fly fish. Mm -hmm. And like, they're so enthusiastic (laughs) they're They're sometimes easier to teach than like adults. Yeah. And even
3: like Diego, him and his brother got into it and his dad would go to all of his stuff just to like be there with him. But, you know, he, was he didn't really care as much. He was there to support them because they wanted to. For sure. his dad right. into it, yeah, his dad.
6: Because mm-hmm. I remember, I had, I had two kids when I went back home and did like my own little fly fishing thing. I had one kid because I did. I split up into like four different lessons, and then like the final lesson would be us actually going on the river like for the full three hours and fishing. Mm-hmm. And one kid did two lessons, but he was a big conventional bass fisherman, and he would catch massive bass and like Travis, yeah. And then, like, we were just fishing little, like, side creeks and stuff. Just catching, like, rivers, yeah. river, river smaller. Yeah, and he was, like, you could tell, like, he lost interest and didn't come back for the final two. And then I had a, like, my youngest kid was, I think, five and a half, six. And, like, we caught a couple fish, and then there was all these little frogs jumping. Uh-huh. And we just spent like 30 minutes just, I was just helping them catch all the different frogs. <laughs> oh man.
3: Yeah. That's great. And that's a good point too of like, uh, uh, people ask all the time, like how to get like really young kids. Like how can I get my really young kids interested in fly fishing? It's like, don't force them to fish. Do like, what they want to do. Like they'll yeah. want to fish for an hour, but then they're going to want to chase frogs and they're yeah. going to yeah. flip over rocks and like yeah. pick up insects and they're going to want to like dig in the mud and then and they're going to want to swim. And then they're going to be like, I want to catch a couple more fish, you know? And yeah. like, Make the whole thing fun instead of, like, dragging them out. We're going to go fishing for 10 hours. Yeah. and
6: Like, you see, because
2: by hour two, they're like, I don't want to use.
6: Yeah. And then even when, like, there's lessons, there's, like, fly fishing lessons, like, that can be taught, like, when you're flipping over rocks or chasing frogs. Yeah. 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 Like, like, these are, like, how the frogs swim on the top of the water. Like, these are, like, and then you pull out a popper. It's, like, yeah. The same thing. Same thing. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, what are you going to be doing this fall for the fly shop?
6: I think most just be working in the shop. Okay. And, like, people come in, and then they rent different stuff or buy different flies before they get on the river mm-hmm. and just taking care That's of it. It's a big-time
3: fly-selling shop, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because people pick they, them up before they hit the Yeah, hit a, the quad. a lot yeah. of
6: people, myself
3: included, will <coughs> yeah, hit that, right, that shop.
6: Too. And it's sort of, like, in the triangle of all the different access points. Yeah, yeah so it's so like it's everybody like, has to pass uh, that uh, shop before yeah. they go in.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be fun, man. You'll have a good time. You'll sell a lot of flies and give people advice and... um It'll be a good deal. So what are your like long do you have like long term plans in fly fishing or is this just yeah, like sort of a college a college dream and then you have real world aspirations?
6: Well I'm hoping that like the longer I work at the fly shop the more I'll learn more about like guiding and stuff because and, 'cause I've never been I've never even been on like a raft or a mm-hmm. drift boat or anything like we'll that. We've got to get you out. Yeah. It's fine. So like just learning more and more towards that. But mm. like starting at the bottom and then just working my way up.
2: Oh yeah. For sure. And that's the thing, too, is, like, there's always something, like you said, with the videos, even, like, there's always something to be learning and gaining knowledge and different things. And, man, there's, like, so, I think that's why, like, I don't know. I don't want to poop on conventional fishermen, but I feel like fly fishing just has so yeah, much to so it. Much, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. just like, all the different tactics and everything. Like, if you, and if you feel like you've got one species down, then, like, you pick up a new species. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's totally
3: Not different. to mention, there's 10 different ways to fish on the quad. Right. You mm-hmm. know, techniques. You get those streamers. You get those nymphs. You could... I know people that swing spay rods. You can yeah. just do double yeah. dry. You can fish dry flies. Yeah. I caught some fish on dry flies last year. No, I know.
2: Yeah. But you know, like the Guards, like you're not going to fish like double dry that often.
1: It's Only not, when they're
2: rising. It's not, the even then it's not really going to be that productive. Hmm? I don't know. The so one day they were, they were eating on top last year. They were, they were going, to they chow.
3: were chowing. Yeah. 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 It's just right place the, at the right
2: time. Yeah, and then you have the one that goes for your bobber, and you're like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> you put on a dry now, and they don't touch. That's it. why <laughs> you drop a it.
3: hook like an inch below your bobber. <laughs> <laughs> so if that, just the, the hook so if that happens, you set the hook and you get it right under the jaw. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you got to make sure you use like a really like like kind of like a big circle hook underneath. Yeah, <laughs> <Get him> right <laughs> it's under just, the jaw. The big
2: one. <laughs> Probably the one you take home for the day. Yeah,
3: without fail, every. Almost every time I go fishing on the guad, a trout will eat the bobber.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I don't think there's been it's a ton of. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like it's always like we're yeah. in that really fast like section, like wherever it is. But then at the same time, they can be extremely
3: picky, but then they'll eat your bobber. You're like, right. <laughs> like you'll change on? your flies, you'll be like, you'll
2: change the depths, you'll be like, what are you guys eating? And will yeah. be like, I want the bobber. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but um what is your most memorable fishing experience?
6: I would definitely say probably the first time on the quad because i going to, like, such a massive failure one day, and then the next day we knew where to fish and doing so well. Uh-huh. And that's what got me hooked on the quad. And Don't we know, never even knew about the Gwad. Yeah. I will even there.
3: say four years ago, there wasn't – there's was probably half the amount of pressure on the quad there is now. Would you agree? Yeah. Maybe even more than half.
6: Because, like, it was, was never yeah. advertised when I was in high school. Like – Knew nothing about it yeah. Like we just stumbled upon it On a YouTube video Really But like, now mm. like I feel like If I just
3: Troutly sold out In, yeah, in six oh, hours, hours The website
6: yeah. crashed
2: Oh my gosh Yeah Sitting yeah. there <laughs> Seven o'clock in the morning Just like I go
1: to
6: work <laughs>
2: Come on Yeah
6: but yeah, I feel like like now like if you knew nothing like if you just got in the fly fishing and didn't know where, I feel like the guad would just come to you instead of you yeah. having to go yeah. find it.
2: Well, and the guad is just like so rewarding too. Mm-hmm. Like the fish are fun, like they're good sized fish. Mm-hmm. It's just
6: and, I don't so, know. and
2: it it meshes well with
3: here because the bass fishing slows down. Yeah. It can be productive in the winter. Um just gotta pick your days. Yeah. But the bass fishing slows down, and it gives you a wintertime fishery.
2: Yeah, it fills that void. It like, fills that void. It's like know? literally, I go from bass straight into trout season. Like mm-hmm. it's just the way it works. And then once mm-hmm. trout starts to slow down a little bit, it's right back into like bass and warm yeah. water. So, what's your go-to trout setup for the
6: quad? For uh, we, we
3: got a question a couple weeks ago that was like, yeah. "What's your setups?" And we we're like, "Yeah, we'll cover that later."
2: Yeah, good question. What? Yeah, what is your?
3: What's your go-to what you setup? I like
6: uh, it's a stone fly on top and drop it. Like down a patch with the, rubber legs. Yeah. Pat's that's rubber leg. Yeah, rubber I went the other day and was just messing around with the Pat's rubber leg just by itself, uh-huh. nothing tied onto it. And I had two trout just smoke it. Yeah, nice. Do you you
2: put a dropper on that?
6: Mm, just by I was just I was like just messing around like stripping it in like really? not really actually yeah fishing. yeah just
2: like let's see what's happening yeah and
6: then just boom two smokes on it.
2: that's all, so are you um are you so you're stripping it in so you're not putting on an indicator Mm-mm. okay but this
6: was just me mess but usually I go indicator and then. Usually Pat's, Pats. rubber leg and I like the RS2s. What's your color? Okay. Uh, Pat's like, rubber leg. Sort of almost brown, but like, um, like, like sort of burnt orange. Okay. Copper.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. That's a good color. Um, I think for me, I've had more luck on the olive black mm-hmm. Pat's rubber leg. But I don't, I've never caught a rainbow on the Pat's. I always catch the browns. And then uh, the rainbows always go over for like whatever dropper I have yeah. on.
3: RS2, though. That's my go-to, too. Yeah. yeah that's- Pat's rubber leg RS2. Really? But that's I found your last year brown and yellow pats upper legs really okay. yellow dang I'm, I'm laying out on my secret <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: I yellow. usually start with the pats a top especially if it's like early in the season and then I'll go to a Frenchie on the bottom you like the Frenchie. I hardly like I Frenchie love Frenchie. the French I tie up like a you know size 14 Frenchie that's just like bright purple with a bright red like hot hot uh, neck whatever it's called Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, man, that produces for me. Hey, Ian, what's your go-to quad trout
3: setup?
4: Ian? I run, like, to a... quote. Go ahead. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard, man. Dude, I will fish a streamer whenever I can, even <laughs> if they're not biting. Huh? <laughs> I will, like, streamer fish water that's running at, like, a negative. Mm-hmm.
3: It's been my net boy <laughs> um, more than one day on the quad.
4: Um, <laughs> just like I like fishing. Yeah, I like olive, like like three fly rig. Um, dude, I love streamer fishing. I know that's so like such a cop out answer, but
2: no, it's not a cop out answer. Man, it's what you like to do. You know, that's what you like. To do. You may not catch as many yeah. fish, but you're you're having it fun doing
4: it. It might be a ride. hipster no. answer,
2: but it's not a cop out answer for sure. I see I like I like just nymph rig
6: because oh, yeah. I catch fish
2: on it it's fun.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Some people hate good nymph good rigs. Good I rigs. rigs. I don't mind them at Man. all. Well, when I first started fly fishing, I was like, no, I either want to be dry dropper or streamer because that's the only way to do it. And now I'm like, I'll nymph rig before I do anything because it's mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. and because I catch fish. Yeah.
4: To be to be true, truthful, if I haven't caught anything by the end, I'll do like a hopper. An egg, yeah, <laughs> and like
1: I'm gonna, I'm I am don't going know, like
4: egg. a pheasant tail or something. Like, moth yeah.
5: fly with egg dropper.
3: <laughs>
4: you know, right? you know yes. what? You'll
3: catch fish. and Cliff is gonna catch more fish than all <laughs> of us. You know what? The second Cliff you swallow your with pride, with <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna one like up like come you, come Cliff. I'm going three fly rigs, squirming worm, moth fly, egg. I was thinking the same thing. it's oh, like, oh man, i have cut
5: myself short. What
4: else can I put on? Yeah. Oh man, that's great. But to be honest, I love Dreamer and Trout, man. Like, I know, you know, like, it's it, when it works out, which it doesn't very much, it's so fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, what rod do you use, Tyler? I
6: have the Orvis Clearwater and then the Hydros. What weight? Uh, right. Five. Nine foot five. Five weight? Yeah. Yeah, nine five. And then I have so, the TFO three weight with like the Reddington Zero reel. Okay. That's a cool but, little reel. Yeah, yeah, but the only thing I don't... Like, I took it to Colorado last month and fished a big Thompson with it. But, like, I found it was good for little fish, but for, like, the bigger it's fish... There's no drag. There's no drag, and so it just, just drug me down the river.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, three-weight sage. You, sh- also. you <laughs> should try your next Real rod. <laughs> your next rod. You should get a 10-foot-4 weight.
2: All right. For the quad, a yeah, four weight. Yeah. No, that's a good. That's like realistically no. for the quad, that might be my next rod. Yeah, to, if you're
3: looking for like a quad-specific rod, mm-hmm. I do a ten-foot-four weight. You have the extra reach, so you can heat reach hard-to-hit places. It's easier to mend, so you're mostly fishing nymph rigs, so you get that extra foot of mending yeah. ability, and then you get a stiff butt section. We have bigger fish, so you can handle those bigger fish mm-hmm. easier with that heavier butt section yeah. for a four weight, and you have that lighter. Tip section, which gives you more tip protection. Yeah, it's in my mind the perfect rod. Quad rod. Now, if you start fishing really heavy, it kind of gets annoying to cast. But if mm-hmm. you're good at casting those nymph rigs, just doing that like water to load cast, yeah. then it's not a problem. But if you're a newbie caster nymph rigs, I probably wouldn't reach for that rod right away.
2: Six F is a is I I like that rod a lot for the quad. Um, do you do any euro nymphing? No, just traditional yeah. Uh, indicator. Yeah,
4: not a fan.
6: i just
2: more effort than it's worth. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. At least here, it's effective. Yeah, Definitely is effective. It's very effective.
3: But I did a, I did it like my third season on the quad. I was like, this season I'm only going to euro nymph, like just to commit to like a new technique, and it's not as fun. In my opinion,
2: as indicator,
3: as indicator, and when I really got good at it, I could probably say I caught more fish. Mm-hmm.
2: But still, I think it's a pretty sharp learning curve. Um, yeah, yeah. definitely sharper learning curve than See, indicator. I don't know. I think for the, I mean, this year might be different. I might go out more this year because I have more time off. But that's another uh, thing. Yeah, time
3: would well, make a big difference yeah. in that. That's right. what like,
6: I'm excited about this year. It's because I finally live close enough. To to actually, actually like, all effect. the time yeah because yeah. I used to Austin hour and a half drive San Antonio yeah an hour pretty much but now yeah. I'm 20 minutes away same thing yeah. like I think
2: my wife and I both have you know a couple of weeks off around the holidays mm-hmm. so I think we're gonna rent a cabin or something up there and just kind of like enjoy it you know yeah. fish it during the nice. week when nobody else is really out there and have a good time nice
3: I'll be good um and Pat's rubber likes rs2 that's basically what I run. I'm not running like a squirmy worm.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'll throw, I'll throw an egg on there for sure. You know what? Mm-hmm. I don't do very well on eggs. See, like, I don't do well on squirmy worms.
3: And everyone catches fish on eggs. And I'm like, and I go out there, I'm like, you know what? This guy said an egg work. And I go out there, I give it a good solid effort. And I'll catch fish on, like, the RS2. I throw a squirmy worm on, boom. Nailing them on the squirmy worm. And then...
2: Like I
5: said, I... got th- get the ones that smell like garlic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like I said, though, I do not catch anything on squirmy worms or any worm pattern on the quad. But like I said, egg, every time. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I don't know. Worms are not my confidence, Fly.
6: You need to change to the uh, worm with the egg on top. <laughs> yeah, right. Or the egg's being lead. It's called the uh,
1: the
2: eggy Juan Kenobi. Eggie Juan Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> What was it? The one guy uh, tied up a bunch of them for his friend, and he dropped them in the store. It was the uh, the corny worm.
3: Oh, the corny worm.
2: Yeah, yeah, that one might be good too. I it's, feel like
3: if you, it's a worm that, that looks slayed. like a piece that has a, cor, like piece <laughs> yeah, a piece of, in of in corn in the
2: middle. Yeah, so you could probably do that. Have like a worm and then tie a big old egg on top. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but yeah i mean it'll be good to get out and fish and yeah. then uh all this talk's making
2: me excited for like quad fishing like, yeah, yeah, trout again like yeah. haven't done it in a while <laughs> like, man.
3: i don't know how long i'm gonna wait for i probably am not gonna hit the like opening couple weekends crowd i actually like to fish later when it gets harder because there's less people yeah i'll take the pressure because i feel pretty good about catching fish yeah. under pressure so i'll take the pressure over the like we're going to dump a truck and then for the next two weeks it's going to be slammed because
2: yeah. yeah. the fish are easy.
6: I'll probably wait till later November. Yeah. So yeah. Start
3: oh, for sure.
2: Yeah. Like I said, having some time off I didn't have in previous seasons, I'll yeah. be kind of. Yeah. I actually go out during the week and. I usually fish a lot in February.
3: But yeah. personally, because the last two years I've done. Quite a few guided trips.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of like, like, I'm giving away my secrets, but like on like a drizzly day when like nobody else is out, those are great days.
3: Ian, was it me and you that, uh, we went fishing on that freezing cold day and I caught that one fish that was just an absolute beast. Beast.
4: Yeah. I mean. It was probably, cold though. Yeah, it was thing. 15 <laughs> degrees.
3: It was 15 degrees. Me and Ian were freezing. Ooh, I
4: don't think I fished that cold We were the here. only ones on the river. When we ran into those old guys, or was that another trip?
3: Ooh, I can't remember if that was the same trip. You want to tell the old guys was story, it
4: that, uh Was it at the camping ground?
3: That was at Lazy L&L. Yeah. Where we caught that
4: fish. Dude, we fished. There was like a, was like a period where we did a lot of really cold fishing, and you slayed them. Um, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, no, you caught that absolute... Yeah, it was giant. It yeah. was like over twenty inches. It was a nice,
3: it was yeah. a nice fish, and considering how cold it was, it was kind of nice to end on that. And we were like, you know, this is this is all we need to do today. So, well, guys, I think we're about at time. Tyler, yeah. you have anything you want to add to the all podcast? Right.
6: Uh, I think we're good. Thanks all for right, coming on. Maybe if yeah, you're thanks, just man. getting into fly fishing, I'd say don't go all out for your first rod and reel. Get something because you can spend. A lot of money, but mm-hmm. I would say get something affordable and learn and get good at casting, and then go out and get yeah. something mm-hmm. good. Cause I, I made the mistake of going out and getting like a nice rod and then not really knowing like how to take care of it. Could just treated it like a normal fishing rod and yeah. then ended up breaking it. Oh dang yeah! So mm-hmm. I was like, and then my friend got just like the the white White River Cabela setups, mm-hmm. and it's just a good like learning rod.
2: Yeah, as I said, especially if you can cast a crappy setup. You can do you something good.
3: Enjoy. You're gonna, yeah. also, you enjoy. It's nice also you out. also
2: better appreciate the nicer stuff for if sure. you've
3: been using the. Because yeah. it's hard to say, oh, a thousand dollar fly rod or nine hundred dollar fly rod. Oh, what is that going to do for me? But if you've been casting like the Academy Special, that's thirty dollars for a year, and then you pick that rod up, you are like, oh, you'll get it. Yeah, yeah you'll get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So hey, Ian. Time What's
4: your for wisdom? Ian's Yeah.
3: Closing words of wisdom.
4: The closing words of wisdom. Um, I always feel like we put you on the spot. Oh, man. On <laughs>
2: Every time We, we warned you.
3: Yeah. you we warned Can you me. give
4: me like a second? I got to come up with something. Halloween man,
2: special. Man, man. Halloween special. Yeah, yeah it has to be Halloween be a, related. A spooky word of wisdom. A spooky word of wisdom. <laughs> a
4: spooky word of wisdom. Maybe
3: like some tips if you're like stuck in a horror movie. Oh, yeah. What not to do. What not to do. Oh, yeah.
4: But if you're, you're stuck in a horror movie, if you're stuck in a horror movie, um, just... Out, just trip everybody and <laughs> run away quickly. Like, if he's going to kill you all, like, only some of you are going to survive.
3: Well, usually, like, like one or two of,
2: survive, right? The, the final girl. The final hey, you girl. know what? Somebody's got to be the final girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> might as well be you. <laughs>
4: oh, yeah, I have don't a good walk word last the group. Always <laughs> walk
2: in the middle of the group.
4: <laughs> if, like, someone with a chainsaw is coming after you, don't put that on your Instagram story. There you
2: go. I like it. All right. Very nice. Thanks, Tyler, for coming on.
4: No problem.
3: Anytime.
2: Cool. Bye, guys.
5: We are done. (laughs) Get the heck out.